Welcome in to episode number 14 of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. Well, we know who the first two inductees are into this year's class of 2022 Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. You're going to have to stay tuned to after our first interview to hear who those two inductees are. There was a very big announcement a couple days before Canada Day at the Comedy Store in LA, and I have the audio from that announcement, which is very, very cool. So we're, we'll, we'll, we'll play that for you, and we'll set it all up right after our first interview. Our second interview, before we get to that, is Janelle Niles. Janelle is an Indigenous comedian from Nova Scotia who now resides in Ottawa, and she's tearing it up. Her Got Land tour is, is amazing. It's gone straight across the country and even did shows in the U.S. And she's going to be at Just for Laughs Toronto, which is very, very cool. I know she's really excited about that. It was fun talking to Janelle about it. But first, we have Glenda Fordham. I've had the opportunity to have a few chats with Glenda about comedy and, and comedy in the 80s in Toronto, and it's always a treat. Glenda has some amazing stories of some of the biggest stars, not only in Canadian comedy, but North American comedy, comedy around the world. Uh, she has some incredible stories, and I, and I love talking to her, and I love what she does in promoting the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. So I hope you enjoy Glenda's stories just as much as I do. Here it is, Glenda Fordham on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Just, I just want to know more about the Flamingo Cabaret Tech Sketch Group, what well, that was, and yeah, how it started. Was, yeah, this was in the mid-late 70s, and a friend of mine, Bruce Bell, who's like legendary, um, took me there one day to meet some of the uh, the actors, writers, and it at the time it was located um, down McCall Street, um, opposite the AGO, and went up into this weird <laughs> sort of sketchy room and uh, met some people. And then the next thing you know, they shut that down and moved over to what is now the Phoenix. Uh, uh, theater or whatever you want to call it on um on Sherborne and it was long before it was called that it was the Diamond Club and before that there was a big dinner theater and on the north end of the building was this little cabaret and at the time the building was known as the German Canadian Club well <laughs> oh that brought about all sorts of funny games and weird things but we uh, we used to get you know, better reviews than Second City. It was so much fun. There was originally three guys and myself and um, a couple of them, you know, we've all stayed in touch. Brian Colbeck, who people will know from Murdoch Mysteries and Lawrence Bain, who's been on everything. And um, just the other night I saw him on Murder, She Wrote. And I'm sitting here and I actually squealed. <laughs> he hates being called Larry now, but back then he was. So that was fun. But the Flamingo, we were writing our own sketches, getting paid diddly squat. Somewhere I still have a photocopy of my first check for $20 for a week's worth of Big work. money. Right. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I, I thought I was just the, the cat's whiskers. And um, it was a lot of fun. You know, there was singing, dancing silly stuff it was sort of like our version of the carol Burnett show mm -hmm. and we used to bring in um various stand-up comics to do guest spots so we had all sorts of cool people coming in and um yeah we had a blast and i remember one night where there was a humongous snowstorm and only three people showed up and it turns out it was a fella a, a boss and his secretary and other assistant and the three of them sat there in a big empty club and we said look we'll give you your money back no we're here do the show do you know what chad that was one of the best shows we ever did so we got a standing ovation from three people <laughs> that's amazing how did you obviously if people can't tell you have an australian accent well, uh, <laughs> yeah, a sort of Anglo-Australian. <laughs> How did you find your way to, to Canada? Was it in the pursuit of doing stuff like comedy? No, I was dragged around the world by my parents. 
Um, I grew up and was educated in Australia, but I was born in the UK. But due to severe asthma, the doctor said, take this little girl somewhere hot or she's going to die. And I'm like, oh, oh really? Wow. And so they took me over to Australia and it was great. I thrived there. Hated school. I was one of those little smart kids who was like, oh, God, I was so bored with school. But um, anyway, I survived that, did some few jobs. I was in amateur theater there, which I loved. Went back to England, I guess when I was like 19 or something. Um, stayed there for a couple of years. Then my parents dragged me over here. And then when they went back to Australia in 1977, I dug my heels in and I wanted to stay here in Toronto, which, you know, by Australian standards was the center of the universe. <laughs> and um, yeah, stuff was happening for me. I was, I was one of the disco dollies. So at the time, at the height of the disco craze, um, some of the big clubs would hire myself and a few other girlfriends and we would dance up a storm and get people dancing. And as you know, the hotter people get, the more they want to drink so we had a blast you know you know tight little outfits platform shoes big hair you know blue eye makeup and pink lipstick you know it was it was fun and then I realized hey I want to be an actor again and um started off at the Scarborough um it was an amateur theater group Scarborough theater group and I think they're still there we did all sorts of stuff and one of my favorite roles was uh, playing uh, is it gymnasia, I think it was, and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And I got to wear a leopard skin bikini and carry a whip and do a dance around the stage with a whip. And I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> but, you know, eventually moved on and uh, joined the Flamingo and that was so much fun. And um, got to workshop a, a wonderful sketch into a play, which then became a movie. And it was called uh, The you know, Rise and Fall of Tony Trouble, a Hollywood story. I love that title. <laughs> oh, I love it. And it actually, <laughs> it's available on YouTube. You've got to watch it. It was the first made-for-cable TV movie in Canada. And uh, you can find it on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I created this character um, <laughs> called Tallulah Bankroll, who was a <laughs> Bulgarian princess slash actress. And uh, oh yeah, it was so much fun. And if you watch it, it's silly. And remember, it was done on a budget of a buck ninety-five. So <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Because she kind of sounds like a Bond, uh, a Bond villain. Your your character. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. All of this is happening before this stand-up boom, yeah. right? When when yeah. yuck yucks. So you must have been. Did you jump in on on that, like kind of on the forefront of stand-up when you came to yuck yucks and, and started working um, for them? You know, I was waitressing between acting gigs, like most of us did back then. And um, Mark Breslin, the owner of Yuck Yucks, used to come in at the uh, Shishi Poo Poo restaurant I was working at. And we talked and we talked. And because I knew so many of the comics from Yuck Yucks, we started chatting about the club. And he said, look, I need someone to run the office. You know, you interested? And I said, sure. And I actually have a, a very good head for accounting and figures and money. Other people's, I can't run my own bank account. It's pathetic. So um, I ended up joining in early 1981. And, you know, the club was struggling um but i managed to turn the cash flow um, around by uh <laughs> by finding all sorts of unsubmitted uh, credit card chits i think it was something like fifty thousand dollars worth Holy. of money but we got it fixed you know we we dealt with everything and and uh ran all the all the books for the club and then when Mark said, you know, I don't have anybody as an agent. So I stepped up because I love doing that. I love, you know, supporting the comics. So I became funny business, the person behind that. And um, it was great getting 
comedians the gigs outside of the club and then then building the club circuit across Canada mm-hmm. you know finding spots and getting them out so and back in the early 80s to me that was the golden age of Canadian stand-up oh my god the talent that was there was incredible and uh, I had the good fortune of running the Monday night amateur night and okay. some of the talent I discovered I mean my God, Harland Williams, um, who went on to a nice Hollywood career, he started doing these uh, bits where he's got a, a big baby doll and a jar of peanut butter, and I won't go any further, but it's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Pat Bullard, you know, the handsomest stand-up comic we ever had, he was lovely, and he's now doing extremely well in LA as a executive producer and and writing and he's done well but you know i i found him on amateur night and his brother mike who wrote a lot of the material would sit in the back of the room with me and we'd watch pat and i remember giving mike like the elbow going your brother's amazing (laughs) so yeah it was great to see the beginnings of of careers I'm just fascinated with, yeah. you know, stand-ups and, and how it worked back in the day and how it works yeah. now. And I, and I heard that kind of the, the process in Toronto um, mm-hmm. around that time was to call you in the morning yep. when you wanted a spot, yep. right? And then you yep. would organize the, yep. the list and at like two o'clock, you would have to call back and, and figure out where your spot was. Yeah. Um, is that how, that how it worked? Yeah. I, I heard you were the power broker of stand-up <laughs> comedy in Yeah, it's amazing Toronto. the myths and legends that are out there. Nobody <laughs> had to call back. You just had to call in. Um, I opened the office at 11 a.m. because I would work like the 12 hours straight there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the phone would start ringing. Um, we'd have um, um, an established comedian MC the night and keep things going. And then I'd usually take about 10, 10 maybe 11 uh, acts, give them five minutes. And we all know that they would take six or seven. Um, and yeah, and, you know, I'd watch them and, and say, yeah, you can come back next week. Just make sure you call me or, oh, my God, don't darken our doorstep again. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was interesting. Um, and uh, I look up on. Monday nights is something very special then you know this um there was one fellow um David Rubin he was he was Mm -hmm. wonderful he probably wasn't the greatest comic in the world but he had a passion for it and he withstood a lot of ribbing from the crowd and the the established comics but you know what he kept coming back and I kept putting him on and I could see the growth and you could see that he would stand up straighter on stage and he was more confident. So um, he's, he's a special guy from, from Monday nights. And Dave has actually gone on and done well for himself. He used to run comedy shows at, at little pubs and everything. And he also established, um, I guess, in the last 10, 15 years, the Comedy Green Room um, mm-hmm. e-newsletter. So you know, good for Dave. Yeah. And still doing the odd spot. I still see his name out there doing spots and stuff too, which is, which is super cool. The one story I remember you telling me when, when, when I was in Toronto and we were (laughs) chatting was uh, kind of on that booking request line was Eddie Murphy to Ottawa. (laughs) Um, Can you, can you fill us in on, on what, what the cost of was anywhere through and what, what they were looking for? It was hysterical. I was going to uh, pull out my press clipping from that. Um, because I, I gave the story to the Toronto Sun and they did mm-hmm. a piece on it. One, one day I get this phone call from Ottawa, from the federal government offices. I can't remember the department now, but this fellow, um, they were organizing some hoity-toity dinner or something like that. And he said, we'd like to book a comedian, please. And I'm thinking, okay, who do I have on the books who works clean? Yeah. Um, and before I could make any suggestions, he said, um, can you get us Eddie Murphy? And I'm like, well, um, you know, we can get anyone from the States at that time. So it wasn't a big deal, but I'm going, Eddie Murphy? And this is right after he hit it big. He was off SNL and he'd made Beverly Hills Cop. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? 48 hours. Well, he had a special delirious was the biggest comedy special of all time. Yeah. Probably at that, you know, this like, was yeah. after the fact. Um, but anyway, so I said to this guy, um, what is your budget? And I waited a bit. Mm-hmm. He said, $500 Canadian. <laughs> I'm like, $500. And I said to him, I'm sorry, Eddie's probably around the, the 50 to 75 thousand dollars us at that time that was a lot of money and he went what i mean you can't offer him 500 i mean it's it's performing in ottawa (laughs) and honestly i was like digging a paperclip into the palm of my hand to stop myself laughing it was so ridiculous and i hung up when i said i'm sorry we can't help you unless you want some of ours and it's like no no i got to get back to my boss so I called uh, the Toronto Sun, one of the columnists there, and I said, you won't believe what I just heard. So it hit the newspapers the next day. I never got a call from Ottawa again. <laughs> <laughs> but so, some of these people you worked with, uh, you could, I mean, you couldn't get yeah. $50,000 for Eddie Murphy, but you could, yeah. you could have contact to him if somebody did have that, Ooh, that yeah. type of money at the time. Somebody else that you uh, worked with was was Jim Carrey. I'm actually reading Johnny Carson's book written by his yeah. lawyer right now. It's a phenomenal yeah. book. And you had a connection to getting Jim yeah. Carrey on, on The Tonight yeah. Show. Well, Jim Carrey's manager at that time uh, was a fabulous woman called uh, Leatrice Spivak. And um, she'd done incredible work with Jim. And I was actually in Yuck Yucks the night Jim Carrey was thrown out by the owner. You know, it's just a party trick kid. You'll never make a living at it. Um, I've kept that. And that was the beginning of my review of a book on his his career that came out 15, 20 years ago. But um, anyway, Leatrice and I kept in touch unofficially. And um, there was a point came and, and she called me, she said, do you know anybody at the Tonight Show? Uh, Jim is down in LA and he's been doing sets at the comedy store, blah, blah, blah. Can you get to anyone? And of course, I never say no. There's always a way. And uh, so, uh, and remember, this is before the internet, social, any of that. This is back in the 80s. So I made a call to the guest booker of The Tonight Show, um, a gentleman by the name of Jim McCauley. And I said, look, if I send you um, his audition tape, Um, would you take a look at it? And he says, yeah, yeah, just courier it to me. So I couriered the tape down. I get a phone call within 48 hours. He says, yeah, have him call me, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know, okay. So the next thing you know, Carson is introducing Jim who comes out of those curtains and he kills. So, you know, I love the fact that I was part of that history. A lot of a lot of legends that are nominated, actually two two who officially will have their inductions uh, this year that you that you uh, ran into and had a chance to meet uh, Mike McDonald and, and Norm McDonald, oh, not yeah. related, not brothers, by the way. Yeah. But um, do you have any stories about these two um, oh, Hall of yeah. Famers? Yeah. Well, you know, Mike McDonald, you know, from day one that I started working at Yak Yaks, I mean, the guy was brilliant. Um and, you know, he was such a, you know, right in your face comedian. He was very physical on stage. He definitely took the stage. He had a presence. And his material was just genius. And, you know, I always remember that he spoke to me with respect. Now, always keep in mind that back then, women in the business, pff, no. Hmm. But anyway, so, you know, certain comedians, I always remember for how nice they were to me. Isn't that pathetic? But anyway, no, Mike was great. Um, One of my favorite stories, um, I think this was like 1984, maybe. Um, I used to book all the um, comedy opening acts for the Kingswood Music Theater here at the Wonderland, uh, Canada's Wonderland. And I got a call for an opening act for Paul Anka. So I was ready to book somebody else, somebody who the crowd, the audience would react and respond to. 
So I was thinking of like Evan Carter. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Breslin comes in and says, no, no, give it to Mike McDonald. I'm going, no, wrong crowd. Give it to Mike. Okay, you're the boss. So anyway, I went out with Mike that night and we went on and I went out, I introduced him and I'm looking in all the front rows. It's the the blue and pink haired set. I mean, we're talking people's grannies, nannies, great aunties and the Paul Anker crowd was that. So anyway, I introduced Mike and as he came on stage and I passed him, I said, take it easy. They're all old ladies. No, that was like a red flag to a bull. Mike yeah. just went for it. And I'm standing uh, on the side of the stage, just wincing in pain as his more <clears throat> lurid uh, stories were just bombing in front of these little old ladies. <laughs> but anyway, he finished his set. It was great. And then Anka is introduced and I said, to Mike, I don't want to hang around backstage. Let's go on some rides. So we got free passes for rides being out there. So we ended up going on some bizarre, you know, whirly whirly ride where that overlooked the stage. And so as we're going around, an anchor is singing "Having My Baby." Um, Mike is just yelling obscenities <laughs> to all of these old people in the front. Hey no no disrespect to old people i'm one of them now but it was so much fun being on this up and down whirly whirly uh, ride with mike in full you know full power just going for it i thought i was going to pee myself on the ride it was so funny it's it's funny cuz norm and mike both have that thing about them where they kind of yeah. just don't give a shit right like yeah. uh oh, yeah. they're gonna, they're going to go through their set and, and do it no matter what the crowd looks like. Do you have any Norm Norm stories? Well, Norm was based up in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Ottawa? Yeah, Ottawa. Yeah. And um, he used to, uh, I would book rooms in Eastern Ontario as well as Western Ontario. And I had clubs in Windsor and London. And sometimes I just couldn't find anybody with a car to go to these places. And I'd call Norm and I tell you, that lad, he would drive anywhere to do a 40-minute set. He knew he needed to get mileage. He needed to work on his chops. He was the most reliable comic. And again, very um, polite and respectful. And he was great. And he would go and in, in the middle of a winter storm, he'd drive down the 401 to get to somewhere. And um, when I left Yuck Yucks and, and did my own thing, I would often call him and say, look, I have a room here. I've got a room there. Are you interested? Absolutely. And he would drive anywhere. So I was very honored to work with Norm as well as Mike. So, yeah. Amazing. Of course, they're Canadian legends, but you also had a lot of uh, American legends (laughs) come through. Robin Williams. Uh, Some of the lists you gave me here is uh, who's who. Jerry Seidfeld, Leno, Kinnison. Oh, yeah. Um, Emo, Emo Phillips, he's still around. Emo Phillips, yeah. Um, What was that? That must have been exciting every single week you went to the club, right? Having those names. Mark discovered, you know, um, Sandra Bernhardt before Mm -hmm. she became a star in the movie King of Comedy with Robert De Niro. He brought Sandra Bernhardt in uh, and that was amazing. She was very dry, uh, sarcastic edgy uh but she you know never took bs from anyone she was great um loved sam kinnison um he did, mark found kinnison on a trip down to the states um down to new york and he booked him in and i remember sam came in for the christmas new year's week oh my god the minute he started doing his ethiopian um uh sketch I was in tears. I loved it. But I have to tell you, Chad, um, New Year's Eve, Yuck Yucks, we always did a dinner show package. And Mm -hmm. the particular New Year's that Sam was here, um, it tended to be suburban soccer moms and their husbands, 
yes, dear, um, that crowd. And when Sam came on, oh my God, <laughs> he lit into them with their little, the ladies with the satin blouses and the banker bows at their throat. And he actually cleared the room within 15 minutes. They were all getting up and, you know, come with me. The husbands loved it. Loved yeah. it. Sam had a great bit about how North American uh, Americans make love, you know, and the men are always missionary and they're always chatting. So it, oh, it's time to mow the lawn, honey. Got to, got to clear the eaves of love, whatever. And uh, <laughs> how graphic can I use words on the yeah, podcast? Go, go ahead. Yeah, you're and you're wide had, open here. Yeah, yeah, we um we referred to it as the beast fucking sketch. And it yeah. was just hysterical. I mean, I I was aching from laughing. And all of these suburbanites are getting up and dragging the husbands out. And the husbands are like pounding the tables with their hands. They're laughing. loving it. They're, he's like, now we're out of here, blah, blah, blah. And Kinnison was talking to these women as they're going out. You know, yeah, yeah, you want the you want the uh, the the leaf blower versus the beast fire. And it was just too funny and we ended up um he was playing to mostly comics at the back of the room mm -hmm. like we were all packed in and having a laugh and then the odd table where people were too afraid to get up and leave in case sam nailed them called them out you know nobody asked for their money back or i think one or two did and we shut the box off so no one had access but oh my god it was one of the best new year's eves I've ever had. It was brilliant. And um, oh, yeah, it's the time that um, Robin Williams came mm -hmm. up. Morphin Mindy had finished. He just did this big concert at the boarding house in San Francisco. You can actually find it on bootleg videos. I have a copy. Um, and he was bored, and he also was a little whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, so anyway, he just dropped in unannounced and he ended up getting up on the bar in the restaurant side of Yuck Yucks. And of course, this was the Yuck Yucks at 1280 Bay Street, Yorkville, uh, back in the 80s. And we couldn't get him down off the bar. And he was doing his like wild and wacky routine. I literally had to climb up and get him down. So, you know, I peeled Robin Williams off the bar. But he was such a sweetheart. He he was so sweet, but always on back then, you know. And there are a number of comics back then who were always on, like Howie Mandel. You could never actually have a conversation like you and I are having. They were always right. on. Go for the laugh. And, you know, if that gets you through the day, good. But it was exhausting. <laughs> I bet. It, it must be exhausting for them, let alone let you, alone, yeah. right? But you know what? They all made it through. Exactly. Um, one of my favorites was Stephen Wright. Oh my Love God. Stephen Wright. Oh, very dry and droll. And he spoke very slowly. And oh my God, he's so funny. Um, if you want to look for him on YouTube, it's a V, not a PH. And he did this routine about Bucky the Jewish cowboy. And that was very funny. But uh, he was lovely and he was bored sitting in a hotel. So in the daytime, he'd come and hang, hang out with me in the office and he'd follow me to the bank and I'd, I'd be spritzing with the teller and doing stuff. And he grabs me and says, Glenda, you're the funniest woman I know. I'm going, <laughs> oh, great. Can you put that in writing? Please? Yeah. But, you know, it's fun hanging out and especially before they became the stars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I catch him on tv every now and again like ryan styles he was great and i thought wow aren't i lucky to have worked with them at the beginning aren't i privileged to have been part of the whole canadian comedy history scene i mean again as i said before the 80s was the golden era of stand-up yeah absolutely and now uh glenda you're, you're doing some work kind of promoting the canadian yeah. comedy hall of fame which which is amazing how did what's the what's the hall of fame mean to you i mean you've you've had an opportunity to to see kind of behind the mask of a lot yeah. of these people who are who are nominated um it must be pretty special to see some of your friends yeah. and colleagues getting in oh, right yeah yeah there's so many i mean the um 
there's legacy uh, people to to be voted in. And I love Wayne and Schuster, Johnny Wayne and Frank Schuster, love them. Growing up, I was a huge fan of Max Sennett who did all the Keystone Cops silent movies. You know, that's like, wow, I didn't know he was Canadian. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, and then as far as creators, well, Mark Breslin of Yuck Yucks, love him or hate him, he created stand-up comedy scene in Canada. I mean, he's, you know, it was a genius what he did. And I'll tell you something, it was always OPM, other people's money. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. A genius move. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then you've got Sandra Fair, who was yeah, doing great stuff in TV. Ivan Reitman. I mean, didn't we all love the Ivan Reitman movies from the 80s and 90s? Andy Nilman, Nilman and Bruce Hills that have, are now running the Just for Laughs or Just for Real Festival. Um, Lorne Michaels. I mean, you know, just give everything. Him, yeah. Yeah, he should be in. And of course, all the performers like Norman Mike, and they have been announced that mm -hmm. they are in. So I'm really pleased. The cast of SCTV, uh, duh, they, sh they should just get a buy. Easy know, end, it. yeah. And um, Elvira Kurt, who um, Kenny mentioned in a previous interview, Kenny Robinson. Mm -hmm. um, Al Waxman, the king of Kensington, he put Toronto and Kensington Market on the map. And that TV show showed all over the place. Yeah, there's um, a statue of them in Kensington Market, right? Which, yeah. In the big park there. Yeah. Les Leslie Nielsen. Oh, my God. I love Les Leslie Nielsen. Um, David Steinberg. By the way, you got to pick up. You can get an ebook on Amazon. His latest book about his life is autobiography. He's brilliant. And I remember meeting David in the late 70s. He was so brilliant back then. And I remember a sketch, and again, you can find it on YouTube, um, where he it's a doctor sketch and he's playing a doctor. And, you know, the patient, whoever the comedian was, would say, well, how do I trust you? And he points to the MD on his white jacket. He <laughs> said, MD, me, doctor. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's silly. a great he's line. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, Danny Aykroyd, Phil Hartman. Oh, my God. Poor Phil you know, gone way too soon. And mm -hmm. um, Elvira Kurt, oh my God, she was one of the first female stand-ups that actually made money. You know, I yeah. was able to to book her a few times. And um, oh yeah, Steve Smith, um, Red Green Show. Oh my God. I a uniquely the... Canadian thing, right? Oh like God, that was God. a uniquely Canadian phenomenon, which we love. Oh, yeah. We love to have our own thing that we hold. Yeah. Plaid yeah. and duct tape. And I actually went to one of the last tapings. Okay. Yeah. I sat there, everybody in the audience wearing plaid. They were coming up from the States and we're talking Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas. They yeah. drove in their RVs to see their patron saint of comedy. Yeah. Bill Burrow was telling me that, that that show was huge on PBS. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely huge, um, which I, oh. I didn't know. I always knew it as the Canadian, you know, so yeah. 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 So, you know, people like that, I am so honored to be able to publicize via my social media, put out media releases. I'm just a little disappointed in Canadian broadcast and newsprint mm -hmm. media not getting behind this. And, you know, they're happy to do stories about anything in the States or overseas. Look after your own people, support Canadian comedy, filmmakers, etc. So shame on Canadian media for not getting behind this amazing concept of having the Hall of Fame for comedy because that's what Canada's famous for for goodness sake yeah it's our greatest it's our greatest export in a way yeah. right yeah, that, other than that maple, maple syrup, maple syrup <laughs> exactly maybe the zipper the zipper yeah. as well but uh, those three things are are definitely are definitely yeah. it um thanks so much glenda for for coming on it's always always enjoy chatting and hearing your stories <laughs> i i truly do I, I i love them just getting yeah. kind of inside the those days of early early stand-up yeah. uh thanks again i really i really appreciate it my pleasure chad and good luck with the podcast i'm a subscriber Big thanks again to Glenda Fordham for coming on. Always a treat talking to Glenda. I love her stories and she's one of the best laughers out there. Her laugh is contagious. 
Uh, check her out, uh, her blog out, FordhamPR.ca. She keeps it up to date. It's really, really good. Amazingly well written. Uh, she she has a lot of stuff on there on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame as well. So it's FordhamPR.ca. Okay, coming up now, I have a clip from the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. They did a very cool show. Angelo Sarukas puts it on every year. It's a Canada-centric show. Big comedians from, from Canada go go on this show. Steph Tolev was on the show this year. Uh, you, you may know her. She was just on the Bill Burr Netflix special. Anyways, it was, it was very, very cool to have uh, Angelo announce the first two inductees in this year's Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, the official two who are getting in to the class of 2022. Uh, I'll let Angelo uh, do the honors. Here it is, Angelo Surukas from the Comedy Store in LA. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be serious just for a second. It's a, a special announcement. I mean this, um, in Canada, they have what they're going to do right now. It's the first two inductees of the uh, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame that they're going to do in Toronto. And they asked me if I would uh, have the honor to introduce the first two that are going to be inducted into the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. And it's with so much uh, honor that I... Uh, I worked with both these guys. And they're going to introduce, stay ready, Edge. The two people they're introducing to me, Tommy Hall of Fame, are Mike McDonald and Norm McDonald. They're the guys. Uh, I think it's wonderful. They're the regulars of the comedy store. Um, they're, they're, they're patriotic Canadians. They live in LA. I mean, they were just great guys. And uh, I'm so happy to make this announcement and they're gonna make the actual announcement on Friday and they said to me, would you do this during the Canada show in LA? And I did. So there you go guys. Super cool stuff right there. Thanks again to Angelo, the comedy store. And congratulations to Mike and Norm, two legendary comedians. Both of them, unfortunately, no longer with us. But no, nonetheless, this is a, a huge honor, I know, for, for their friends and family. That they will be the first two inducted this year into the class of 2022. Okay, coming up now, I have my second interview with Janelle Niles. Janelle is a very funny comedian based out of Ottawa. She is tearing it up with her Got Land tour, and she's going to be performing at Just for Laughs Toronto this year, which I know she's really, really excited about, and I'm excited for her. I hope you enjoy this interview. It was a lot of fun talking to Janelle Niles. Uh, does it have to be strictly Canadian? It doesn't have to be Canadian. <laughs> if, you, if you can throw in a Canadian, that will oh, help, will. but no, it does not have to be Canadian. No, not at all. Okay, so... One like my influences growing up uh, actually were um, Richard Pryor and Paul Mooney. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Richard uh, Richard Jenny actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I just uh, I love the way uh, they could uh, voice their thoughts in the forms of jokes and comedy. And even though it was so dark and like taken aback, uh, I was uh, so immersed in it because it, it it was parallel to my life growing up. I uh, I had Kenny Kenny Robinson on the on the show last week and he he talked about paul paul and richard being influences of his too yeah definitely definitely trendsetters in, in the industry where where did you start you're from nova scotia yes. originally right in, based in ottawa now mm -hmm. uh, where where did you get your kind of your first crack at doing stand-up so i started comedy here in 2019 january of 2019 so it's a year in before the pandemic hit right and uh i started uh january 14th at swizzles on okay. Main Street at an open mic, and uh, I went up there with six minutes of my own original material. I was practicing it, and then I took the plunge. Uh, and how I found it was, I, I went to see uh, Deanne Smith at Algonquin College, and uh, another comedian was there. Her name's Laura McLean, and uh, she's like, "Oh, if you want to be doing stand-up comedy," because uh, I was talking to it with her, and she's like, "You just have to join the Ottawa comedy community, and then we'll get you on open mic." That's that's awesome. Was it a lotto spot the first time or did you just did you put your name on ahead of time? Oh, uh, name on ahead of time. 
Okay. Okay. Apparently, the, being a black indigenous two spirited woman got me up on the roster. <laughs> you got you got up there. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. The lotto spots always um, terrify me. I like to know. You know what I mean. I like to know when I'm going to the club whether I'm going to be on on stage or not. They and, are. That's more nerve wracking to me than anything. Exactly, because you're like, do I do this set? Do I do that set? Do I do this set? Do yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, which new joke do I have? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then you're just waiting for your name. That like, I like to once I, you know, I'm always like in my head, I'm like, okay, this is my first line. This is my first line. And then when I get up there, I say my first line. I can I can roll right into it. When, when I'm just thinking, when is my name being called? When is my name? My my whole thought process has changed. I saw. I think when I was reading about you prepping for this. Um, a TV show that influenced you, Laughs on TV. I, I don't know this show. Laughs on TV. Um, I think they wanted to say just for laughs. Just for laughs. Okay, yeah, that's what I There's been a lot of typos. People say I've been on New Wave of Stand Up. People are right. like, oh, New Wave of Comedy. So it's just people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just for laughs. They were probably referencing. Okay. So, like, just for laughs, like many people in here in Canada, you know, I think the Saturday afternoon, Saturday night is usually when it when it played. That was definitely a, an influence on you. And you're and you're doing just for laughs, right? Uh, the <laughs> Toronto just for laughs this yeah. September. Is that correct? Yes, I'm so excited. Anytime somebody mentions it, I'm just like, oh my god. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. September 30th, we have two shows, a seven and a nine, and it's uh, going to be at the Royal Cinema Theater. For, for people listening that don't know, that is like, that's how you kind of know that you've, you've made or you're doing something right, right? When <laughs> yeah. when you get that call, you know, you're you're doing something right. When three was years the- in, sorry, and the three only three years in, I'm, I'm yeah. still green. I'm still learning how to walk. I'm a baby. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. When was that moment that you thought, hey, I might have something here. This is something I really want to pr- pursue. Do you have that moment? When I was 14 years old and trying okay. to be the class clown and no one found me funny, but <laughs> I, uh, I did a pop in a, a school assembly. Uh, I, I just said one word and I yelled it out. I can't repeat it here. It's not good. Okay. But uh, uh, like the crowd, like the crowd, <laughs> the kids, <laughs> half of them laughed, half of them groaned. And I was like, there it is. That's all I That's wanted. I want. then, then, yeah. then I knew I wanted to be a stand-up comic. When you now, if you get a groan at one of your jokes, um, I've seen a bit of your jokes and I, I don't know if you, you get that reaction. What is, what is that reaction to, to, do you like the groans sometimes? Oh yes. Uh, and I'm working on saves too for the groans. Cause I don't, you, I, I haven't worked on saves yet uh, for right. that specific thing. I just kind of just like plow through and do like a, mm-hmm, like, <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah. I, mm, <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the groans means uh, it got to them. It, it, it meant that they are uncomfortable. That means the tension's there and then I can alleviate it. It's kind of like the thing where like any reaction is kind of, you know, no reaction's the worst, right? Oh yeah. If you get, if you get any, re- yeah, exactly. I've had a few of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had a, a few arms crossed, uh, hands in the face. Um, yeah, that type of thing. Can you, can you tell me about, um, about Gotland? and how that got started and, and what you're trying to do with, with these these shows I know you you just came off kind of a run of shows mm-hmm. currently so kind of like where Gotland got started and then where, where you want to take that where that where, where that's going for sure so uh Gotland indigenous comedy show uh, our mandate is expressing solidarity through humor and then I usually add a tag at white people's expense. <laughs> hey, if I can't say whatever I want up there, no one can. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it actually uh, started because um, thanks to Kenny Robinson, actually, uh, oh, wow. Kenny Robinson, he did inspire me as a kid. He was one of my inspirations, along with uh, Charlie Hill and Candy Palmiter. Those are my indigenous inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started comedy here in Ottawa, there was only two other Indigenous comedians. It was Don Kelly and Jen Hayward. And uh, I was like, there's more of us, though. I see them. I hear them. So what I did was I uh, I brought them all together and I said, hey, let's have an Indigenous comedy show. But what are we going to call it? And they all had these long, convoluted names. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, all right. It has to be something short and sweet, like mm, like Gotland. And they're like, like there it is. I'm like. 
I got milk. I love it. Let's wait for the milk industry awesome. to come at me. Yeah. And uh, we started uh, September 2019, surprisingly, uh, and there was like four months before the world ended. <laughs> and um, uh, APTN there, we had a huge, it was like overcrowded. Like we had 65 people and somewhere we only can like fit 45. Don't tell the fire marshal. <laughs> we, uh, it was just packed full of Nish and indigenous people of Ottawa. And awesome. uh, they all came and supported us and it was amazing and then Gotland was born and then where where would you like to see like Gotland go like what 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 do you see as the future of of this show this this um performance so right now we're at the uh we're at the new stage of just getting our name out there mm -hmm. and uh going on tours in Ontario we just did Quebec and hopefully uh touring turtle island so that's the second stage of going to every reserve in every nation in every city over north america getting our unique style of comedy out and then the third most stage is actually having our own club oh that, that would be amazing what does it mean to you to do stand up in indigenous communities and bring your your stand up to to those communities well we are a community and uh <laughs> my community specifically is Sebag and Agadee, Nova Scotia. We're all comedians, every single one of us, everybody's <laughs> funny. And uh, we're allowing them to be able to joke about the stuff they want to talk about. Because even on our uh, on our uh, nation, it's just all like, ah, you're being negative. Ah, we're, uh, you know, they just they want to be paused all the time. And with comedy, it's not we're being negative, we're calling attention to something that we all need to talk about. And we're all laughing together that uh, I, la I like to say that my comedy is on the pinnacle of audacity. I'm laughing yeah, with audacity. Okay. So right. Yeah. So giving oh, people great. a space like Idle No More did to be able to voice our concerns is same with the comedy. And that's hopefully what we'll bring to every nation that we go to Turtle Island. I love that. And you want to bring this across North. You've done some shows in the States, right? Yes, I did a Tacoma Comedy Club uh, by Seattle. Do you, I've asked this actually of, of many comedians on the show. Do you find a difference between the American and the Canadian audiences? Oh my goodness. 100%. Actually, I had to uh, delete a Facebook status because I just said that this morning. <laughs> oh my goodness. So um, yes, uh, the American audiences are almost like uh, the heart of Toronto audiences where they're, they uh, allow themselves to laugh. They know mm. we're joking. In Canada, unfortunately, it's like they just took a module of why this isn't funny. So it's really hard to break down that wall. But in the States, they're a little bit more open to hearing uh, our, our view of things. And I'm not just some angry black native woman down there. I'm just, you know, voicing my thoughts. And up here, they're like, oh, she just sounds bitter. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to make you laugh with a bit of audacity. What, what Do you find the same with rural and city? Like, obviously, it's kind of the same like getting getting laughs out of a rural audience is harder i think right yes 100% so when i go out into a rural you know um blue collar little town uh, i have to change my act completely they don't want to be cuz sometimes it sounds like i'm talking at them Mm. Uh, because of the, let's say, because uh, people say you came here to drink, you didn't come here to think. And they like that mm. corny, they like the hacky, they like the boom, boom, jokey, jokey stuff that has no message to it. So when I go there, I usually just talk to the audience and I mention I'm Indigenous and I try to get their side and see what they're, they're, they think of me and then play off of that. So it's a lot of more crowd worky things when I go uh, out of uh, Ottawa, like 30 minutes out of Ottawa to Richmond or Carp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're at the Carlton Place. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what what's the best room you you've played in in Canada? Oh, best room I played in Canada, Comedy Bar in Toronto. Oh okay. God, I still feel that laughter. They laughed like you hear it on TV, which is like a roar. And I actually said it too on stage. Man, I can't even say these jokes in Ottawa. Yeah, huge roar. And I was like, there it is. That's I it. love I love the comedy bar. It's probably my favorite place to hang out too. You never know but who I you're gonna do run like into. Yuck yucks in absolute. Please book me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. And laugh yeah, lounge. That, yeah, they, yeah, they're all great. They're all great. They are, they com are. The com the comedy scene is strong in Canada. I think mm -hmm. we can we can agree on that. Again, this is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast, and mm -hmm. we have our list of nominees out there. 
And somebody that's nominated this year is Mark Breslin, of course, of, oh, of Yuck Yucks. You, have you, you know Mark? You've run into Mark? Yes, talk I've met Mark. Mark yeah. what, what's your kind of impressions of Mark and what he has contributed to the Canadian comedy landscape? Mark Breslin's a pioneer of comedy. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for Mark, we wouldn't have what we wouldn't have Kenny Robinson. We wouldn't have those greats. And I feel that he he did uh, what he had to do in the climate that he was in. And some people might say it was a little uncouth or like just like maybe a little disingenuous. But he's a businessman, and I I a hundred percent agree with uh, sometimes business isn't so uh, clean and like he's not a saint. Nobody's a saint. Yeah, <laughs> and, nobody. But uh, but he he had to do what he had to do in this climate to get his. Uh, get his club off the ground and it become a household name that it is. So I really respect him for that. And I, I believe he does deserve that uh, spot there on Ken, uh, Kenny's Hall of Fame. Yeah. And actually, Kenny, Kenny, you've mentioned Kenny a couple of times. He is the president of the of the Canadian Comedy Hall of oh, Fame. So. look at that. Uh, a great guy I, I don't know if you've met Kenny like in person but like absolutely the nicest the nicest human being his his comedy is wild it pushes that <laughs> limit but he is like it's just such a such a great guy uh yeah no I love him he has a contender <laughs> oh, yeah. wait till okay. I, come up. Uh, I I can't I can't wait for this week uh again we're on the the same show Wednesday so I'm I'm excited Amazing. to see you perform in person for the first time kind of wrapping up here what what's next for you like what's your long-term goal in comedy what what do you want to accomplish and say the next five to ten years so the next five to ten years i want to be the first indigenous woman on netflix to have her own netflix special hopefully it'll be an hour and 20 and uh, i already have the name and i'm going to say here on canada's hall of fame right yes i'm ready i'm ready to be called uh whitewashed I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. No, that's a, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's going to be no, that's, special. Do, do you have anything coming up that you want to promote, let people know about? Like you, I know you have sure. tons of shows. I, I saw the, uh, the list there on Facebook you posted. So w- what do you have? What do you have coming up? Obviously the show in Toronto. That's, that's the big one. The just for last one. Oh yes. Uh, so uh, July 1st, we're going to do uh, the Toronto roast. Uh, of Canada Day. So it's uh, Canada's Day Roast in, uh, at the Comedy Bar. So it's going to be amazing. Uh, good laughers. And then we have uh, a roast of me and my twin sister on July 5th at an open mic at Comedy Eddie's on Bank Street in the Glebe in Ottawa. And uh, we have Strip Joker on July 10th, which That's is... That's with the Ruckus uh, yes, crew? Yes, the Ruckus yeah. Productions. And if you uh, bomb, you strip, but eh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and then I'm actually performing with Don Burnstick, the most famous Indigenous comedian of North America, in July, July 19th at the Mi'kmaq Summer Games. So I'm so excited for that one, too. Oh, that's that's amazing. Th- thanks so much, Janelle, for, for coming on doing this uh, for me. I, I, I really appreciate the time, and I'm excited for this week um to see you to see you at yucks so no it should be great thanks again no thank you that's it episode 14 all done there it is what a great episode that was a ton of fun many many thanks to glenda glenda fordham always a treat talking to glenda check her out at fordhampr.ca and janelle niles janelle niles was really great we we were on the same show last week and it was a ton of fun Check her out at gotlandcomedy.com. All the show dates are there, gotlandcomedy.com. She has shows coming up in Nova Scotia, uh, including Halifax, and she'll be in Ottawa for the Mike McDonald uh, Summer Yuck Yucks competition. All kinds of great shows. Check it out, gotlandcomedy.com. Thanks again for listening. Check us out at canadiancomedyhall.com. All our social media, just search Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. A lot of great stuff to come. Stay tuned for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Newman.